Hello and welcome to Shield Bash. I am Britt, your GM. And somewhere else in central Illinois is Will, the voice of Nath Fendikar. <laughs> How you doing, Will? Oh, I'm doing alright. Well, since it's just the two of us, that can only mean one thing. It's the spotlight on Nath Vindicar. And just like, well, okay, so it could mean two things, I guess. Just like most actual play podcasts, we are trying to comply with the governor of our state's wishes. And be, what they call it, Will, self-quarantined? Uh, that- yeah, shelter shelter in place, I believe, is the phrase. Yeah, shelter in place, yeah. It doesn't affect me personally because I'm essential. But how about Will? Uh, What's going on? I was actually let go for uh, about four-ish weeks. Um, wow. Really? Dur- yeah, during which um, the company I work for was doing some pretty heavy lifting on the website that I work on. So I was still working, but it was mostly... Uh, so that the company would survive this uh, more so than for my my paycheck at that point. But luckily, with the federal funding that came through, our company is able to rehire um, about 40 of the 140 they laid off. Right, uh, there's a lot of drivers there, right? Yeah, a lot of drivers. Right, like yours truly, uh, but different vehicle. So Just longer. Yeah, yeah different license and all that good stuff um but as far as office staff how's that been going uh we had a week after the initial news hit that we would be seeing layoffs we had about i think four people uh working in peoria office wise and uh two people or no three people full-time uh people that were working in uh the champagne office Aha. Uh-huh. And you obviously were affected, so hopefully life is still good. Yeah, life is great. Honestly, uh, not much has changed. I'm now working from home, which is kind of nice. Okay, so you've been rehired, I guess? Yeah, there was a, uh, I believe it's a PPP loan is... uh, how they described it, uh, that was put out for the government by the government for uh, small businesses that uh, kind of provided a bunch of money to make sure that people who had jobs before could still have jobs now, even if the business wasn't necessarily making the money to have them on on payroll. Nice, nice. Yeah, with this whole thing, it's just been a mess. But and I, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be done because reasons. <laughs> But the other reason that we're here together tonight is we are going to try and pierce the very psyche of Nath Vindicar. Or at least, you know, play 20 questions. Hey, I'm up for both. All right. As most of uh, our listeners know, we like to use the 100 most important questions to know about your character. That is by Beth Kinderman in Nikki Walker revised edition. And oh, oh. so what we will do is we will roll the D100 because nobody uses that anymore really and this is a great excuse to use it and get to know our characters. 
So, Will, are you ready? I am. I would like to point out that this is a monumental moment, being that it is the first time that we're going to have real video content of our beautiful faces for any of this. And also, for those of you listening on YouTube, uh, in the link... Uh, or there's a link down in the comments of the YouTube video where you can actually go to this list if you want to see what we're using for this. Thanks, Will. You already had the link, and I was asking you and asking you. You already knew. Hey, since we're doing video for the first time ever, should should I show them? Yeah. Should I show, I'm, I'm sneak not peek. a big fashion model or anything, right? Sneak peek. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm going to try and get this right, but from the front. Oh, oh, you see it? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to try the back. You tell me when I'm good, bud. Am, am uh, I... Up a little bit. Up a little bit. There you go. Oh. For those of you who aren't uh, seeing this beautiful video version of this, Britt has just showed us a uh, Shield Bash t-shirt, front and back. And, yeah, thanks to Mark, who plays our other favorite rogue. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. That's the only way I can go. He's the fella that put this all together. He's a good hey. guy, isn't he? Yes, he is. And he, I tell you what, I used to go to certain conventions and they would go at the very beginning, hey, who has driven the furthest? And then hands down, Mark would win that contest every time. So when he meets with us, he's by far the guy that drives the furthest, you know, and I drive myself 45 minutes when we record, but Mark's the dude. He would win that one. Okay. So having said all of that, Will, you're the guy that handles the YouTube stuff. That's me. I'd like to, I'd like to call you the the tech advisor in that uh, arena. Have we had any comments or anything that we need to discuss right now? Uh, let me go double check. But double check. I think we're a little light on comments. Light on comments. That's fine. We're we're still new. <laughs> I believe Jason did bring up one comment during a, an episode that we've actually already recorded uh, that we addressed, right. but I don't think that we have any more to address. I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, bro. I mean, we were talking before we started recording and everything, but, you know, I, I, before we got started, you know, because once I get started... Well, I'll tell you what, uh, why don't you, yes. why don't we get started, and then uh, I'll right. look for this as we do that. Ready, set, Go. 92. 92. 92 is under self-images and etc. And it reads, What are your reasons for being an adventurer, parentheses, or doing the strange and heroic things that RPG characters do? Two-part question. Are you, No, three-part question. Are your real reasons for doing this different than the ones that you tell people in public? And if so, detail both sides for the reasons. So, I'll start you off at the beginning again. So, Why are you an adventurer? So, this, actually, this whole question, to, to answer, I'll answer the latter half of it first. I kind of already know, don't I? Nath is a very truthful person, so uh, he definitely is telling the truth to the people in his party, or public, so to speak, as they say in this, uh, the, que the question there. But, yeah. uh... His reason has been kind of explained. Uh, he didn't really want to go on an adventure, at least not yet. He was bound to at some point in his life, as his, his family's tradition is to, once you become of age and you are well enough trained, 
then you would go out into the world, learn, and then bring what you learned back to your parents and teach them what you've learned, what they couldn't have learned staying home and teaching others. Uh, and in that way, the mantle is kind of passed down. Quick question. Is sure. that according to uh, geography, or is that uh, just the way his family... He's not Tian, right? No, he's, he's actually uh, Vudrani, uh, at least his entire family okay. is. Okay, but so this is, is just a family true? thing. This actually isn't a cultural thing. Okay, it's not cultural, it's totally family. Gotcha. All right, carry on. But, uh, like I said, he would have done this later in life. He got into some trouble in his what is his homeland, even though that's not necessarily where he was born, of uh, Kionan. And because of the trouble that he got in, he was forced to leave much earlier in exile from Kionan for at least five years, is what he was told. Banished? Yes. <laughs> and you preface this question with, yeah, he's pretty honest. So the second part is kind of self-explanatory. If somebody asks, right? Yeah, so um, he's he's not hiding the reason why he's traveling. He just doesn't like to talk about it for obvious reasons. Right. And, and he's not... Not real old, is he? He's, he's rather young yet, right? Uh, I believe that he, if I remember correctly, is uh, like 28, 29, somewhere in there. Pretty young. Okay. Somewhat young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, are you ready for number two? Yeah. 21. Ooh, that's a small one. Very far away from the original. <laughs> 21 on my chart reads, while growing up, how did you get along with the other members of your family? So, Nath had very few issues with his family, uh, and that is because it was he was an only child, really. So, it was him uh, and his mother and father. He was, he was a good kid. He would do what his father said, but that also comes from the fact that he's not in his homeland so he he was old enough to have seen his uh, homeland uh, where his father grew up so to speak but when he when they moved he was like 5 so he gets scolded harshly there were there were hard disciplines and um that was usually for things that would have gotten him in trouble not only with his family but also with local constablare or whatever it would be you know uh the city guard you're not supposed to leave the actual city of, uh, I believe it's Gold. Uh, I've got to remember now. The the only human settlement in Kiononen is kind of by itself, and you're not allowed to go anywhere else as a human. So he would push those boundaries and get in trouble for it often. Right. So where he grew up is actually an elven land, am I correct? Yeah, so he grew up in the in the Elven lands, in the only city uh, where they are allowed to, where humans are allowed to uh, settle. Right. So it's kind of like they have um, what's the word I'm looking for? Curfew. Curfew is that the right word? Uh, it's not exactly a curfew. It's like military police, more like uh, is how I understand it. Like, you are allowed to exist and trade and um, live in this settlement, but you are not allowed to encroach upon 
the Elven lands kind of thing. Gotcha. So it's more like occupied. Um, yeah. And you're the minority kind of deal. Very yeah. much so, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, do you think we thoroughly answered that question? Oh, uh, yes. The city is uh, Green Gold is the city name that I could not Green Gold. There we go. So, number three. Here it goes. 53 reads like so. In general, how do you treat others? Politely, rudely? By keeping them at a distance? Does your treatment of them change depending on how well you know them? And if so, how? So, Nath is uh, very forthright and very... He gives respect before he knows a person. Everybody deserves some kind of respect. Uh, as we've kind of seen in some of the episodes, he would give a chance to a person that he thought would hurt him to not hurt him, given some kind of conversation, trying to convince them. So he's going to be honest and open and forthright and uh, give the same respect to Tam, who he knows very well now, he feels, or at least surface-level acquaintance sure to story. a complete stranger okay um, there might be a little bit more that would open up in uh, uh like a physical relationship or uh, with family but that would probably be as far as you would have to go to have some kind of change hmm all right not bad not bad benefit of the doubt more or less yeah he um doesn't hide his feelings so a stranger is going to get the same answers asking questions, so to speak, as Tam or any of the people in his party would. All right. Sounds good. Question four, 88. And that is as follows. Are you generally introvert or extrovert? Me? Introvert. Oh. <laughs> Nath. Uh, Nath is... Uh, he's hard to peg, really, for that, because he... Uh, like a, it, when I think of an extrovert, I think of someone who might go up and start a conversation with someone else just to have a conversation. And he wouldn't do that. No. But as we've uh, kind of talked about, he he is open to talking to people about things that really concern him, about kind of things that some people would keep to themselves. So I, I'd say he lands firmly in the middle of that. He doesn't. I kind of kind of disagree with you there. I I think he's kind of a stereotypical monk. And I think he's more introverted, self-reflecting. Uh, I could be wrong, but it's your character, sir. Well, uh, I, I hear what you're saying on the self-reflecting, and that is a big part of what he was taught. He definitely does does do that. Um, he tries to regularly every day, but I guess my uh, William's definition of introvert and extrovert are different than maybe the the standard definitions. I'm thinking like, does he is he outgoing? I guess, and which is a different thing. Certainly, but that is certainly part of being an extrovert. I, I believe introvert. They tend to be bashful, shy, blah blah blah. But there's another component to that. I'm not going to get into it here. But yeah, I I think he leans more to the other direction myself. But like I, I could said, I could definitely see that. Again, mostly with the the self reflection, uh, he is kind of quiet as a character. Uh, I could see that. So yeah, maybe more on the introvert side than extrovert. All right. I didn't mean to try and sway you. I'm just saying. 
<laughs> well, uh, no, and I hear it. I'm just, I don't think he's fully introvert. We'll say that. I, I think he's got some extrovert traits okay. in, in that openness and willingness to discuss his inner feelings. When no, I agree. With, I definitely agree with you there, but I don't think he's going to come out and say, no, screw you. This is the way it should be. You know, I, I think he's more, let's explore this in a minute, you know, kind of guy. Yeah. The most part, yeah, he's not going to say, no, we're not doing that. He's going to say, wait a minute, why don't we look at it like this and try to get other people swayed as opposed to, yeah, enforcing his will, so to speak. Right, right, right. Which, you know, an extrovert in the wrong situation can definitely do that. Yeah. So, again, I I, I think we found common ground there. What do you think? Okay. Question five. Eighty. Going back to the bottom. That is, just so we know, under the likes and dislikes section, um, question 80 reads, What would you do if you had insomnia and had to find something to do to amuse yourself? Oh, so I actually remember this question very, very... uh, It really poked out in my mind because I had to sit here and think about it with Nath. He's such a... Like, he doesn't need things, so... Would he play with his snakes? <laughs> so th- he, when he was answering these questions, had never been in the situation like he is now. And right. even his his journey out to the island has already changed him quite a bit and his everyday ritual, because he would have never done that at home. He would have never no. interacted with animals, really because he couldn't go into the forest. The only animals he might have seen are the the oh. ones that are living in the city. So that was part of the, shall we call it martial law? Uh, part of the, uh, not quarantine, that's a dirty word these days. <laughs> Gotta be careful with that one. But, uh, but yeah, the elves said, no, no humans in the forest is what you're saying, right? I like to think of it like... Um, humans can't be trusted in the forest. I feel like it's more of a, a, almost like a tribal thing, in my opinion, uh, when I was reading about it, is it kind of seemed like, uh, almost like, wow, I can't believe I'm about to say that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so, my Terrible. thought was, my thought, this just went past my mind for a second, my thought was, they're a little like a, uh, almost like a... Um, a fascist or a communist kind of thing where they they don't want to have other cultures in their area is kind of what it seems like yeah like they want a purity of culture a purity of people there and by allowing humans into their forests freely that would upset that sure because there's the right way the wrong way in the elven way exactly right exactly but... Okay, so now... So, back then, his go-to, if he had to do something and there was, like, nobody out on the streets, would have been meditate or read. And that's generally how he would pass any amount of time that he didn't see as recreational time. But now, yes, it would be studying, learning, so that when he went back to his father, he would have something to show for it, because that is still a point of pride for him. Okay. Let me let me rephrase that question a little bit. Because, you know, adventuring parties, they will perpetually, hey, we need to rest. Let's post a watch. Yeah. What would math do 
to not fall asleep and be vigilant? That's a tougher one. He's very focused in his uh, duties, so to speak, and that's something that he got, like we were talking about, from his his father's kind of disciplinarian attitude towards Nath, and he would be very focused on the job, and if he was trying not to fall asleep, it would probably be, you know, going over Iori's, not rules, I want to call it rules, his, like, here's what you should do to better yourself, and he would go over those in his mind, and look at the stars occasionally to get his get the eye weariness from looking at the same things over and over and over again off of them. Okay. So self-reflection? Yeah, in a way, um, not, not even, not really self-reflection, but reflection on those ideals, um, and how he could better fulfill them. All right. Fair enough. I, my own personal answer for most of my characters, uh, some of them have a deck of playing cards, so they could do solitaire. Some of them have actual sets of jacks, so they could do their onesies and twosies and threesies. Some of them, you know, especially you know, when they're by themselves. Sorry, wait. This is about Nath, not me. <laughs> well, funny thing about a very sandy island, it's hard to play jacks on a sandy island. It is. It is. You've got to find a, a flat rock somewhere. All right. Number, number six. 77. 77 falls under... Likes and dislikes, and it would be, oh, yeah, I remember when, yeah, we did this for the spotlight on Tam. Interesting. Uh, I remember Jason's answer, how do you spend a typical Saturday night? Okay, so, so this one really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use uh, his life in Kionan as a uh, support uh, for this, because Saturday Certainly. nights here on the island are quite boring, yeah, uh, well. as they are in every day. But in Kionan, Saturday nights, if he was doing something, he was getting into recreational activities, he would probably go, he got to know the merchants at the docks uh, in Green Gold very well uh, really? on his free time. Uh, his mother ran a shop, so he would be down there and hauling things back to her shop. What what kind of shop did Mama run? So she was an importer. Uh, Green Gold is uh, again a civilization that's kind of cut off from everywhere else because it's a single port city and they can't go inland any. So okay, everything is brought in through the port. Okay, uh, and she would import Vudrani spices and things like that for the people who wanted to taste a home. She's and a spice merchant. Not just spices, you know cultural stuff that you wouldn't be able to get in green gold that wouldn't probably be made there just because they don't have the space or okay, you know, so the she, workforce. So she had the Vudrani uh, bodega. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And, and Nath hauled the boxes for that a lot, so he would talk to the sailors, and he actually would go out, and another way that he would get in trouble... All, because although he is uh, honest, he is also kind of a rebel. Uh, he would go and borrow boats, small boats, like uh, not even like rowboats sometimes, sometimes like small, small sailboats. And he would go out on the lake there and go look at the stars and see the nature that he really couldn't see other than at the very edges of Gringold. Huh. Okay. Was that just for isolation purposes, or is he a stargazer, or insert whatever other question you want to right here? (laughs) 
So he was... He really did look for a way to get away from Gringold, because he did like nature, but he wasn't allowed to go inland much. So ah. the only nature that he really had access to was the, the the lake. The sea, I think, is actually... It's an inland sea, if I remember correctly. But yeah, he would use that to his advantage, because he could go there. He just didn't have the means, per se. All right, all right. So any way you can do it, you're going to find a way. Yeah. I he, like it. Nath finds a way. Nature finds a way. Nath finds a way. Where there's a will, there's a Nath that finds a ah! way. <laughs> I see what you did there. Question 7. 35. I don't think we did 35. Oh, uh, no. This is the first question in this category, I believe. Past influences. Interesting. 35 reads. When was the last time you were most frightened? Uh, so if we're talking about after being on the island? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, chronologically, that, that would make sense, I guess. If you were scared on the island at all, maybe uh, the Chupacabra? I, Nath doesn't see... He has yet to see a combat where he really feels like he's in mortal danger. Like, there's almost no chance he's going to survive. Because he, he trusts his teammates to, if he can't stay on his feet, to help him survive the circumstance so he, he's less scared of combat but the idea of maybe being banned from kionan for his the rest of his life really scared him because of uh his reasoning for leaving uh he got banished because he was kind of in a budding relationship with this elven girl and young her- love yeah, it was a young love situation, and her, she was the daughter of a important elven figure to Green Gold, and obviously, for the reasons that we discussed already about that area of elven culture, he didn't like that, so his response was, well, you can leave, or you can stay in prison. Yeah, there's even in Pathfinder there is that stigma that from from the Elven perspective that humans are subpar. Am I correct? I don't know too much about uh, in Pathfinder with the world at large, but from reading everything about Kionan, that's pretty much what they think there. The people that the the elves that live in the the forests there do not want them there because they are lesser. Right, and they don't know how to manage things, so definitely don't let them in the forest, you know. Well, and how could you possibly get anything accomplished <laughs> with less than a hundred years to live? Right? Somehow we manage. All right. Question eight. Fifteen. Fifteen reads. Oh, wait, let's, let's, let's put that under the category here. It's growing up. Interesting. And 15 reads, how would you describe your childhood in general? Okay. Single child? Yeah, single child. It, it was very routine, very structured. He would, once a week, he would go down to the docks like we talked about, pick up uh, stuff for the shop, haul it back to the shop. Right. Once a now, day. Childhood being different in different ages, uh, at what age... Was Nath expected to help out with the family shop? So um, that actually gets into a little bit of uh, Vidrani culture. When he, I'll hold that till the end because okay. there's Fair there's enough. some stuff I can go into with that. But yeah, routine, structured. He would 
once a day he would go to his dad's monastery kind of situation and wait uh, wait sorry we haven't addressed this yet but dad was also a monk so let me say oh, this. this western's just a wormhole isn't it yeah we're gonna go all over the place <laughs> uh, so we were not actually originally from Vudrani itself we were from the island off the coast of Vudrani I want to say it's basically where a ton of different monk orders uh, gather and okay. um, there's the, the houses, uh, one of which is the House of Perfection, which is the one that a lot of people know about. And that's actually where we came from. And that's why our family kind of culture and gain knowledge and then come back, that's where that came from. Because they were always trying to better themselves, that hierarchy on that island. Okay. But once he came to Kinonen, he did so to, one, get away from that kind of hostile nature of the island itself and come somewhere where he could see something new. So that's why he opened a monastery here to to spread the following of Iori and the perfection of the body and the mind. So yeah, Nath spent a lot of his days there helping with that and at home, helping with the shop. My father uh, had some money to get me a, a formal education. And so he would go to school when he was younger. But yeah, a lot of his life was actually spent observing his parents more so than anything else and them interacting with their customers. Nice. So dad basically transplanted or immigrated because of evangelical reasons, more or less. He wanted to oh, spread the word. That was part of it. He didn't like uh, he, he didn't like his father's views on things and how competitive that <laughs> island is. So he decided to go somewhere where they probably didn't have much of this kind of thing and introduce it to a new group of people. So yeah, sort of a missionary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I dig it. Exchange now, of culture. I, right, right. Now, we got you, way off on a tangent. But, yeah, we're still on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, we're still there. So, Nath wound up with some education... Because yeah. of dad and, you know, a bit of money, apparently. But he was also expected to, at some point, work with mom in the shop. Yeah, Did mom, so, and dad, uh, mom and dad have a good relationship? Was that all good? Oh, yeah. They, they definitely okay. did. She, Glad to hear it. She provided a, a kind of a storefront at the home. And he was able to do kind of what was expected of him by his family and for his own honor kind of thing. And they both made money and, you know, assisted each other with both parts of that. It just worked really well. But he, Nath would would start helping around uh, as a hauler of things and uh, help around the shop and selling and all that when he uh, had his Vudrani coming of age ceremony. Uh, oh, that's which, okay. Well, uh, it's very much like the kind of Indian culture has. Oh, and certainly. Uh, Different challenges, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I can't remember what the age is. I want to say it's like 16 or 17. Okay. And then at that point, he would kind of like become a full-fledged member of the family and be expected to work with his parents and provide a living for everyone there. Okay. So he basically got most of high school uh, relatively uh, comparison, right? Yeah. I mean, his formal education probably didn't stretch into what we know as high school. It was probably more like, uh, hey, probably cut off at like. You can read. Yeah, you can you can read adequately, and you know, 
if somebody asks you to add, you probably can kind of thing. Like, by formal education, I mean common sense. Like, All right. And then the rest of what he's learned, like the, the economics, the appraising that he understands, and some of his other skills, they come from working around the shop uh, as a, a working education. All right. You know what? Common sense isn't too common. I like it. Now, we are on question nine. Nearly halfway there. Ready, set? Oh, yeah. 50. Right in the middle. 50 is under benefits, or I'm sorry, beliefs and opinions. Do you have any biases or prejudices? Are you racist? Uh, so, Nath, again, he's kind of an honorable guy, and he gives respect to everybody before he meets them. Everybody okay. gets a chance. Uh, so, yeah, no, he doesn't have any biases or prejudices to speak of. He he will form opinions, but he generally does not expect all people of one culture, race, uh, or something like that, you know, any identifying factor, to always act the same. And, okay. and he actually sees it as a strength in dealing with people as well. All right. Let me ask you this, though. With Nath having lived under occupation from the elves, does he have any ill will, at least, towards elves? Or is it just, oh, yeah, this is the way it is? So, he doesn't feel ill will towards elves as a whole. He thinks that they don't understand or are unwilling to to learn about other people, and he actually feels uh, almost... I don't want to say sad, but he feels like they're missing out on all of the great things that humans, uh, you know, bring to the table. Yes, they may not live for several centuries, and they're maybe not as wise, but their jokes are better. <laughs> they can they can be more lighthearted and open, and they don't have as much time, so they share freely. And he sees that as a as a great boon, and he doesn't think the elves possess that, or at least. Most of them don't. Hmm. Somehow or another, the $6 million man, maybe you're too young for that, but the, the, the preview for the show, we can build him quicker, better, stronger, faster. You know, that's what humans are all about compared to elves, right? I mean, they have to. Sean Connery would say that you got to take your time and aim. <laughs> Halfway there, brother. 79. What, if anything, shocks or offends Nath Vindicar? So, the I would say that the one thing that would probably shock and offend Nath would be if somebody was, like, bloodthirsty. Or was killing people or intelligent creatures just for the thrill of it. You know, if you're going to do it to eat to survive, if you're going to do it to defend yourself, or even for a purpose that, or a belief. He understands that, but just killing to kill is is shocking. So, pure evil killing. Not a fan. Yeah, not that he would come out right out and say, you can't do that, necessarily, but it would shock him that anybody could be so cold. Because right. he hasn't experienced that in his life. It sounds to me like under the circumstances he's currently in, here on Smuggler's Shiv, with these cannibals, hey, I get it. They need to eat. If you're gonna kill, right? Yeah, even that, he sees 
he sees the reasoning in the cannibal's mind. Hey, this is the most prevalent food source that we have here on the island, really. That's easy to catch and produces enough meat to, to feed an entire civilization there on the island. There isn't, other than the magical crab meat, any other way that you could probably feed yourself consistently over the course of years and years. See, I was thinking snakes, but, you know, hey. <laughs> and maybe they don't eat the crab meat for a reason. Maybe that's why they don't eat the crab meat. It could be. Could be. Maybe they're just not cool enough. They don't have snake butter to eat the crab meat properly. That's, Honestly, that's probably it. I've got to think that's probably the reason. <laughs> Wait, where's Neil when you need him? Right? 98. Uh, is under a category called self-images, etc. And it's a pretty simple one. It says, what three words describe your personality? It's a short question, but it's kind of complicated, right? Yeah, I think uh, Tam, I think, got this one, if I remember correctly, too. Uh-huh. So, let me see. I think... Thought no, that's uh, that's a different one. So three words that describe Nath's personality. That's a that's a t- tough question to be honest. I would go with humble. Nath is not one to brag. He does get excited when he achieves something, but he it's quickly forgotten for him. Like he's not going to rest on his laurels. I'd say stable, maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably stable. Very much so. So emotionally, like he, he doesn't necessarily show what he's thinking outwardly on his face, but he he kind of keeps his cool for the most part. And uh, I would say, what's the word I want to use for this? Is it is it stoic? No, no, he's not. I wouldn't see him as stoic because he. Okay. It, when I think of stoic, I think of the stoics, which are people who don't show emotion and they try not to have. Uh, those emotions mm. and that's not him he he has those emotions he just tries not to project them uh, outward and we'll see i think that, if they would cause problems i think that is what true stoicism is honestly and you may be right i didn't look very far into it the the very few stoics that i know are not uh i don't have a lot of conversations with them on a, on a regular basis because you're such an extrovert yes uh no that's not it's mostly because of the introvert thing but i would i would put him in a the intelligent isn't the right word he is ever learning he he's he feels like he's never gonna not be a student he knows that he's not wise and there 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 is wisdom in that yeah, and of course, that's that's the idea behind the whole monk thing. Like, he is wise in a way because he he knows things about uh, his world that that other people would not. But he knows that the world is large and that he is not a a he's not seen the, even a minutia of the scope of the world. So he always feels like he's going to be a student. That's pretty wise, if you ask me. <laughs> I like it. 12. 30. Studious was the word that I was thinking of. Studious. Yes, that, that definitely fits. Uh, question 30 falls under past influences. Did we already do that? I don't think so. Who has had the most influence on Nath Vindicar? 
Oh, that's tough. I thought it might be. I would probably say his father, and that just comes from their family tradition, mostly. He was the disciplinary. He told him right from wrong. I mean, he laid out the ideals that Nathmau follows uh, of Iori to him, explained them to him and what they mean. He gave him his, almost like his purpose. He spent a lot of time with his mother, and she taught him a lot, but not the things that define his life as it is now. Okay, so kind of a traditional father. This is wrong, this is right. Spiritual leader. Anything else? That's mostly it. Uh, he... He was obviously more than just a spiritual leader and someone who, who taught him right from wrong, but in things that define what Nath's life is going to be for the future, these are the things that will really change the course of his life. If he had somebody different as a father, he would be somebody entirely different. Excellent. I like that answer. That was question 30. We're on 13. 32! 32 is under the same category. Past influences. What is Nath Vindicar's biggest regret so far? Oh boy. Because we know future is an open book. Yeah, no, he's bound to have a lot of regrets going forward. So, his biggest regret so far... That's a hard question, because he doesn't regret that anything that he did in Keonan. He would have done the exact same thing again, even knowing the outcome, even knowing that he would be leaving his family for five years. His biggest regret right now is probably going to Sargava, because he got to choose where he was supposed to be going, and he chose somewhere that he felt would be a great... Like, this is Nath's, like, one boast. Like, I'm gonna go somewhere where none of my forefathers would have went. Ah, a little bit of pride, and then little did he know, ah, this boat I'm on, it's gonna crash. He didn't account for that possibility when he was setting out on this adventure. In his mind at that time, he's young, he's indestructible, nothing could have went wrong. He was gonna go there, he was gonna get stuff done in five years, and then he was gonna come back. Five years? Five-year plan? Yeah. Oops. It's the classic five-year plan. It just... It kicked off the first year really rough. It happens. What are you going to do? Hopefully make it to Sargrava. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I, um, I, have a, I have hope that, that Nath will at least make it to the mainland with his <laughs> 20-something AC. I think he's in pretty good shape for that. I'm just saying. Um, That was... Oh my, we're getting somewhere. This will be the 14th question. This is the first time I've actually tracked how many questions we're doing it in this deep dive into NAS. But just so our listeners know, this one is question 89. So we're moving on up the list with this D100. This one follows under self-images and etc. And the question is pretty simple. Are you generally organized or messy? Inquiring Nath, minds. Nath is generally messy. You can actually see it. Like, Nath's, uh, his hair is very unkept. It's not like, it's not dirty per se, but he doesn't, even before this, you can tell he didn't like, like get a regular haircut. 
Um, <laughs> it's just all over the place, and he doesn't really care. He doesn't mind that it's messy and that every day he gets up and it's in a different direction. So, so if he was, if he had red hair, he'd be carrot top kind of deal, or what? He would make carrot top look pretty normal. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't remember. What color did you paint his hair on the fig? It is black. Uh, it is black. Right. And, and I couldn't get the effect of the hair that I really wanted, which was basically like a lion's mane. Like, okay. it legitimately just, from front to back, comes out in all directions. <laughs> it's almost like an afro, except his hair is not in any way curly. It's all straight, so it's just kind of like... <laughs> See, I'm sorry, thing, just... <laughs> I didn't describe it well enough at the beginning, apparently, because I didn't get that reaction uh, when I first described Nath. No, it just reminds me of a, you know, how some beers you have, they uh, like, okay, this is going to make me sound silly, but I remember one time I was drinking a Mickey's, and you, you look under the cap, and it goes, okay, which would you rather have? A six-foot afro or, you know, whatever it was, and... But the obvious answer is a six-foot afro. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? That's not kind that of what you're that. describing to me. <laughs> yeah, he, he's in the he's in the six-foot afro bucket right there. He's in <sighs> mostly because it's less work. Amen. I mean, obviously, we're on a desert island, so this is probably going to happen with most of the characters anyway. But Nath is going to have a conditioner. huge beard by now. By now, oh, yeah. just like, like three weeks in. Oh, yeah. So when are you going to paint that on the fig? <laughs> uh, I was thinking about getting, because I've seen some more uh, good 3D files for monks, but none of them even get close. None of them get close to... That's where I lost you. <laughs> Technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. So none of them ever uh, get close to Nath's, like, style, or... And most of them are bald, like... Um, right or have giant beads around their neck, and that's just not Nath. He's not about that life. No bling. Yeah, no. <laughs> Save it for later. We'll just, you know, we got scissors. I think you can maybe just paint on some some low goatee action. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Question number fifteen is three. Three is under the basics. I think this is the first question in this category who were or are your parents do you know their names and occupations and personalities well we kind of covered some of that yeah my father uh he's a martial arts instructor my mother was a, a kind of like you said a bodega runner almost right. uh spice merchant if you want uh selling all kinds of vudrani imports uh my father's name was near and my mother's name was uh, Suvi. Near and Suvi. Did I get that right? Yeah. And we kind of went over some of their personality. Suvi was very uh, outgoing. Uh, if somebody needed to get me out of trouble, it was usually going to be her that did it because she was good at talking to people. Outgoing, personable. Well, and that comes with the territory. If you are going to be a merchant or store owner of any sort... You've got to be able to sell. Yeah. Got to have that uh, charisma. A little bit. Just going off record here. 
out of 1 to 20, what do you think Suvi's charisma score is? I would go with like a solid 16. 16! Not bad. Not bad at all. Alright. Going downhill here, guys. 20? I'm sorry, 16 is 26. That sounds like fresh territory. Let's find out. Growing up again, when and with whom was your first kiss? So, uh, this would be that... Elven maid? Uh, well, no, actually. Oh! <laughs> after his, uh, after Nath's coming-of-age ceremony, many of the students uh, from the monastery uh, joined in the night of celebration. And, uh, after a few too many drinks... Cheers. A uh, Tian girl from the monastery uh, planted a drunken kiss on Nath uh, on the way out of the tavern, and she did not look him in the eye for like a week and a half. <laughs> Are you making this up on the spot, or did you have that written down? No, that's 100% in this big-ass <laughs> document that I sent you at the beginning of the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, campaign. I don't remember reading that particular message, but I like it. Good job. I like to go deep with my characters. Apparently, 78. Did we do that one yet? Uh, you'd be the one to ask. Yeah, I've been tracking it. No, we did 79. I remember that one. This, I think, would fall under, just looking at the question, likes and dislikes. What makes Nath laugh? That... I mean, Nath has a level. sense of humor, but... I mean, is he a fan of slapstick? Or is he a bit more intellectual? Stooges, Seinfeld, Gary Shandling... I would say his his would fall more into the... Not like puns, but like low-hanging fruit kind of humor. He is educated to a point, but not super educated. So if you, if you step too far into the, the realm of like book knowledge, it's gonna go right over his head. Shoot lower, Sheriff. They're riding Shetlands. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that a little on the lowbrow side, huh? But not totally. I mean, he's he's got someone. He's got some intelligence, right? So, Nath wouldn't be... He wouldn't be the one to go for, like, vulgar humor, either. That's... So, no. he's, he's a very middle-ground kind of guy in, in humor, in the sense that, you know, a good pun that is told at the right time with the right intonation is going to get him, but, uh, you know, he's not going to he-said-ass, ha-ha-ha kind of guy. Right. So let me ask you this. Uh, would, would he be, like, AFV kind of stuff or, you know, visual? America's Funniest Home Videos? You remember that? I think some of that he would be into. Sure. Physical shtick would probably get him pretty good. This is what I'm asking, yes. Okay, okay, I like it. My goodness, we are all ready to question number 18. Here goes. The time is flying by. 80! I feel like we already did that. When we did, that was question number 5. So let's re-roll. Roll something different. That's the whole goal. No, we did that one too. 70! I don't think we did 70 yet. We um, 79, but I don't think we've done 70. Exactly, sir. I'm a page behind here. Question 70 falls under likes and dislikes. It's the very first question under likes and dislikes. What is our 
your favorite hobbies and pastimes. So he actually was somewhat of a sailor, uh, like we discussed. Did he uh, put any points in uh, sailor profession? I think he did. I think he's only got one point in it because he hasn't. While he he did it kind of recreationally by himself, he had no formal training, and he hasn't done it since he left Keonan. So, in a way, yes, he he could probably get a boat moving in the correct direction, but not efficiently. He also likes, although he's not a very organized person, he does like trying new things, and he knows what he likes in terms of food. He likes new spices and flavors, like cookies food there on the uh, Genevieve. (laughs) Although it may not have been great, it was new. It was definitely new. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And like you said, like you were talking about physical shtick, kind of like slap, knee slap, (laughs) kind of stuff. He does like watching theater and reading, so. Alright. So... A couple of layers towards some depth here on Nath. Uh, 19. 75. This falls right under the same kind of line of thinking. What is your idea of a good entertainment, like music, movie, art, etc.? Kind of already covered some of that. Want to add anything to it? So he really does like um, live music, like bands. He doesn't particularly like imbibe a lot but he will occasionally imbibe if he feels like he's had a particularly uh set of events he might and kind of raise his spirits just a little bit further to bring himself kind of his mental state further than it was so to speak but it's a very occasional thing so we could say that if the spirit moves him he would grab some spirits yeah that'd be a pretty good way of phrasing it but in reference to Eris Movato, uh, who is totally bizarre. Yeah. yeah, he sees that as weakness, and he would never let himself get to that. He would feel awful if he had some dependence upon pretty much anything other than bare necessities. Right, 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 right. And that makes sense. I mean, indulgence to an extreme like that, not really mass bag. Yeah. Along with decadence, uh, you know, in general. Uh, yeah, decadence. That's a good word for it. Absolutely. Nice. All right. This is it, unless you want to go long. Uh, I'm we'll, ready if we'll you find are, out in a minute, huh? questions. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. 58. Oh, this is it. This is the one where we find out. I'm afraid, Britt. Be very afraid. Get ready to talk. This is under relationships with others. Have you ever been in love? If so, describe what happened. So, all right. This is uh, this is kind of the question for Nath. This is his big uh, backstory piece here. Um, it's the crux. Nath does believe that he has been in love, uh, and he believes that he still is. The girl that kind of got him in trouble, so to speak, uh, in Keonan is a girl named Loss, and uh, that's L-A-S, not uh, Loss as in the, the meme for everybody who's listening. They grew close because she was kind of doing the cultural exchange between the elves and our family, 
that my dad actually came here for near he came to Kino and for this to teach elves about this because he felt like they would benefit and they began they kind of began spending more time together to the ends of you know same thing with the other students you know but uh, they would go and spend time just those two watching theater and uh, they would take sailboats out on Lake and Carthen and they would get into all sorts of kind of like trouble together uh, as well but yeah that's who he feels he is and has been in love with wait a minute so you you say nav got her in trouble was he a bad boy not not yes and no nav liked he like i like i said before he really likes nature and it may have been partly because he doesn't get a lot of it in the city but he wouldn't only just try to take out the sailboats, but he would also try to get into the forest, which was a big no-no. And that's eventually what got him banished. Ah. Because he he went too far into the forest, and they found him, and they said, that's it, that's the last time. You Out! Gotcha. But no, he thinks that was uh, love of his life so far, right? Yeah. Lost? Um, yeah. Okay. And she's the one that, that gave him that pendant uh, that he has with him always. Your benevolent GM. Yes. You want to tell everybody what that is, or you want to leave it a secret? Well, it won't probably come up in the game very soon, because Nath doesn't actually know that it's magical. And even if uh, another person was to see it as magical, they would probably just think oh he's got a magical necklace and he knows what it does but he doesn't so uh that necklace uh because of our benevolent gm uh is a necklace of uh natural armor plus two you want to do one more or you want to question me let's do one more and then i'll question you something some people keep track of on their character sheet is nath right-handed or left-handed uh, Nath is right-handed, 100%. He's probably never thought about it, but he is actually fairly good with both hands in terms of fighting, so. Well, and you kind of gotta be when you're a monk, right? Yeah, and that's part of the, the practice is to, you know, know your body well enough that if you didn't have your right arm, you could still defend yourself. Absolutely. Uh, one more. What? is your earliest memory. Oh, this one I'm going to have to look up. I finally got gotcha. you. Earliest memory, huh? Okay. So, uh, and this is this will reveal the uh, the location that I was talking about as well. His earliest memory is playing in the warm ocean waters of uh, Jalmare, waiting for the boat to take us to the inner sea ah. um, on our journey to Kionan. So, Nath originates outside the inner sea. Technically, yes. Uh, he's from Jalmare, uh, and that's where he was born. Interesting. I have no idea where that is. I'll fess up. You should. Uh, I can't go into great detail with this, because I wrote this quite a long time ago at this point. Uh, but Jalmare is a... It was a very contested island in several wars... And eventually, I believe Bujani ended up, kind of the nation of Bujani, ended up in ultimate control of it. Uh, and that is an island that is specifically dedicated now to martial arts. 
And yep. uh, there's several houses there, uh, and then one main house, the House of Perfection. So, if you're going to go into the martial arts, it's a good place to be. Yeah, it's very competitive, and there are a lot of uh, kind of masters of their art there. Interesting. Man, learn something new every day! You All got right. you in the inner sea, or you'll fall behind. Yeah. So, what do you got for me? So, you may know, I may have said it once or twice, I am more of a D&D guy. Yes. Me personally, I really like the Pathfinder system, and I've actually already introduced it to my D&D group, and that was all thanks to, actually, Farmageddon, a little shout out, uh, and John Brazier, I believe is how you say his name, who uh, writes really great kind of short campaigns, and I won a book there, which is what I'm running my party through. So, so I've got to ask. Are you are, are you saying you're kind of a convert at this point? No. And he, that's actually part of this question. Okay. I really like the ability to personalize my character, as you could tell from the backstory that I wrote and how sure. much I had on paper. I like to know my character, and not only that, but I like them to mechanically be different than anything that anybody has created before, even if it's not optimized. I'm not mm-hmm. one of those guys. Right. If it makes sense, I'm We happy. know certain players that are, though, don't we? You can't talk about him when he's just upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, carry on. Uh, so my question for you is, what do you really love about Pathfinder that you either haven't found in other D- D&D editions or uh, other tabletop games? Okay. I'll try and give you a short answer, but let me show you something first. Since I'm down in my dungeon right now, be right back. I'm back. Hey, Will, have you ever seen this? I have one of those upstairs. So that's a big yes? I I take that back. I don't have that upstairs. I have that picture upstairs. I thought you were holding up the beginner's box. You have the book. Here's the box. Yeah, in this box came two books. Two! Okay, so it is what I've got upstairs. Yeah, I've got the beginner's box. I actually bought that when I was... 14 never actually broke it open and got to fully play D until i was 25 25 <laughs> well i'll tell you this okay back in the beginnings i had that book and i think it came with the keep on the borderland or a module of one one sort or another is either keep on the borderland or isle of dread i can't remember but, you know, we were young and dumb. We didn't know what the heck we were doing. But we also had the advanced Dungeons & Dragons hardback book that went with it. And we had no idea really how it all went together. But we were having fun, and that's the important thing. So, the short answer to this question is, which I, if I remember right, was, is what do you like best about Pathfinder? About Pathfinder that you more specifically can't find or don't find as well done in other uh, okay for me for me that answer you know is is without having looked at D&D 4.0 or 5.0 or you know even omitting 3.5 and you know uh 3.0 combat we had no idea what the hell we were doing with combat when i was a kid there were really no rules it was just okay Roll that die. It's a d20. Okay, I got an 18. And Thaco was just, what? Thaco? What? 
if you wanted to try and hit armor class zero, which was two hit armor class, that's what that was. You had to look at a chart, and you had to. Oh, so much easier, so much better. It's more detailed with Pathfinder than any other system, in my opinion, on what exactly you can do during your turn. And sometimes that gets a little tedious, but at least you know. Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree with that assessment. Um, That is actually another thing that I really like about Pathfinder. And although I, I don't have any plans to convert my games over to Pathfinder, so to speak, my regular ones that I DM for, uh, I am stealing from them actively. (laughs) Without their knowledge. That's what I want to know. Well, as far as I'm concerned, they can know if they want because they have things in Pathfinder that although it... And I haven't got the balance worked out for it in in D&D 5e, which is usually what I play. But yeah, I'm stealing wholeheartedly from Pathfinder with the things that I like, like being able to have that attack of opportunity if somebody stands up. Like, that just makes sense, you know? Yeah. You didn't have things like that in here, or even here. This is the second book. Uh, expert set. And uh, then there came the champion set, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Uh, that was book two. And then the master set. Ooh, black cover. Did not have any of that, really. But now we do. And we probably had it in 3.5, but Pathfinder's just better. Uh, uh, for everybody that I've spoken to, yeah, Pathfinder's just like 3.5 plus. Like, it's it's more precise to its point. Exactly. You have one more, and you'll have to help me out if, because uh, I have not actually heard Meta's episode yet. That's right, people. In case it's not already out, we've already recorded Meta's episode. We're just waiting to release it to you. The deep dive into Meta. Yes, spotlight on. We have a very unique set of people at our table. And it was that way before Mark got there. And now I'm going to pull Mark into the spotlight for a minute. And I actually met Mark at FlatCon, uh, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. No, it wasn't. Flatcon. I met him at Farmageddon, and he DM'd a, a game for me. And he is a amazing DM uh, to to be at his table. It was wonderful. So I have to ask, how do you deal? Because there is a lot of personality at that table. How do you deal with DMing for all of these guys? That I put. When I started to DM for my friends in Pathfinder, like I know I'm not doing a lot of stuff perfectly right, and I don't have anybody else at the table to reference. I almost enjoy having somebody like Jason at the table that knows the system a little better than me, so that if I have a question, I, I'm not just making a call. Me too! And, and you're right. They're, they're, you know, we do have very knowledgeable people at our table with the Pathfinder rules system. I'm not the best top-notch guy for that. I'd say Neil and Jason are. Uh, definitely Mark is up there. Definitely Mark is up there. Who else we got? Oh, yeah. Who plays Meta? Yeah, Pete. He's way up there, too. Uh, okay. he, doesn't, he doesn't know who he plays either, so... I think Kurt even knows more about the rule system than I do, honestly. But... Here's the thing. Uh, your your question is, I guess, 
uh, how, how far do you let them go before you reel them back in? Is that the question? My question wasn't actually about their knowledge of the rules, even. It was more, like, I've known the friends that I DM for, for most of them at least since I was in fifth grade. So okay. the ones that I don't, that I haven't known that long is Lexi, who's my girlfriend, uh, and Brandy, who is uh, Shout out to Lexi. Friend. So, you know, there, there's a very few and far between, uh, you know, these are my very, very close friends. How do you deal with, and I know you've known these guys for quite some time, but they are big personalities. They are oh, yeah. people. How do you deal with that kind of diverse group? I've never, okay. I've never had that. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked, you know, right after you answered, you finished, finished answering the question. I got sidetracked, tangent. I, you know, I think it helps that I think I have a pretty big-sized personality myself. Sometimes that comes through, sometimes it probably doesn't. But you're right, uh, we do have some big personalities at the table. Mark, you know, like you said, he's got a, a personality for every one of his characters already in his head. The one we are fortunate enough to have, uh, I don't think we've shared this before, but he's been playing um, that particular character, Artemis, uh, in different systems for years, decades, a long, long time. So he's got that guy figured out. And doing this episode with him, eh, walking the park, you know, he doesn't even have to write it all down. He already knows. But anyway, back to your question. <laughs> tangent again they are they're big big personalities everybody at the table and i just try and let them shine uh, until we need to move the story along a little bit more and it's a judgment call on my part really on how far do you let them go but yeah really the uh, the answer is i guess is try and not try to outshine them but let them roll let the story progress have fun that's really my answer. You know, there's a meme going around in the D&D community about uh, what kind of GM are you? Well, in, 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 the, uh, in our group chat, I think it, you may have seen it. Uh, what kind of GM are you? Well, I think everybody agreed I was the rule of cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> there was the rules lawyer. There was, you know, there's several different categories. Uh, you know, if, if I think it's cool, probably going to make a way for it to happen. Is that too long of an answer? Probably was. Sorry. <laughs> Not too long at all. Not too long at all. No, I, I really, I, I think that really covered it. And it, it did go back to that. You just, uh, you just got to know when to reel them back in, I guess. Sometimes. I mean, you know, and, and here I thought at this point, I meant to mention this earlier, but I thought I'd feel naked without a microphone and headphones like you got. I really didn't, you know, so hopefully this records well. Hopefully the quality is close to where we were at with our regular podcast before the self-imposed what are they calling it again again because i'm essential i can't remember uh, uh, shelter in place shelter in place yes yes yeah because uh, i don't know what that is because i'm always out doing the same things i've always been doing except for this which i'm doing over the internet now i thought i'd feel naked but i don't is that weird speak Speaking of that quality, just so we're covering our bases here, if anybody is uh, trying to um, figure out why uh, their ears are being shredded by this recording, we apologize. We didn't really plan for this. 
and uh, we kind of threw this together over the course of a week to uh, kind of get some extra content in there. We intended to do it in person, but we want to be uh, in compliance, right? We're trying to be uh, within the rules, yeah, uh, right. of the state, at least. Also, uh, with what you said about Artie, see, I didn't know that about uh, Mark's character, uh, about oh, Artemis, yeah. and, and yeah. how he was, he's been in every system with, with that character, and that makes me want to know more about his character even more, so I am super looking forward to his episode now. Coming soon! Artemis and Trary. We'll leave you on the hook until then. I don't know if he's next or not, but hey, could be. <laughs> I don't think we even know until, like, a week before if we're going to be doing one of these. Exactly. And then, you know, there are other ideas floating around. We were talking about doing just character vignettes. You know, like I sometimes do in the episodes where I tell you what's going on behind the scenes. Sometime, at some point, we're going to put together some stories about the character backstories so that way you can kind of see a little bit deeper, even more so than just sitting around asking questions about characters. Play it out like a play. Hopefully. <laughs> I've been thinking about that vignette for Nath, and I haven't written anything out yet, but uh, I'm excited for it. I, I'm not, I, I don't even really know what subject I want to broach with that, like what situation to play out. Right? And, you know... Maybe listeners want to hear something like that. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Let us know. Get into the YouTube comments and let us know if you want to know more about the past of these characters. And if you do, what kind of stuff, even if what we you covered it here or didn't cover it here, let us know what you want to know. And that way we can, we can pick the right things for you. Sounds like a plan. Is that about a wrap, you think, brother? Yeah, Britt, you want to take us out? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't do a great job with that. But, uh, you know, hey, if you like what you've heard here and now and in the past and hopefully in the future, hey, like us. You know, give us a good rating. Tell your friends. Hey, you got to listen to these goofballs because they're funny. They're entertaining. And, well, you know, up until now we couldn't say it, but they look good. Don't forget that last one. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. Hope to see you again soon. Peace.
Shield Bash is made in association with the Knights of the Octagon and Farmageddon Gaming Convention. Find us online at Farmageddon137.com, on Facebook at Shield Bash, on Twitter at Bash Shield, and on YouTube at Shield Bash. Music by Lee Rosevere. Serpent Skull and Pathfinder are the property of Paizo Publishing Incorporated. Leave a comment on iTunes for a chance to hear us read it out on the podcast. Questions and comments can be sent to shieldbashpodcast at gmail.com.